0: welcome to schneider electrics the good the bad and the beautiful podcast every month you will be joined by me carmel me emma and me rob who will talk about real experiences from real people with some special guests along the way don't forget to share like and
1: subscribe
0: Hello and welcome back to the 10th episode of the good, the bad and the beautiful. We have a great topic for you today and we'll be joined by another fantastic guest, Cameron Hunter, where we will be shedding some light on innovation and why we think this is important factor in life. Not only that, we have been celebrating Black History Month across the UK and Ireland, which is a great time to reflect on the achievements and contributions of people from African and Caribbean heritage, both past and present. But as per the GBB tradition, let's just check in on my fellow hosts, Carmel and Rob. How's life? What's new?
2: Hey Emma. Hey Carmel. Actually, there's not a lot new for me at the moment, but you know what? I quite like that. After a pretty tough period of finishing my master's, doing the endpoint assessment for my apprenticeship, all those kind of things, it's actually quite nice just have things settle down a little bit, take things a little bit slower and get a little bit of me time back. Although... I have actually been spending most of my time building flat pack furniture ready for the nursery. So yeah, not not quite going to plan, but there you go. (laughs) How about you Carmel?
1: So I'm a bit jealous actually, because you've, while you're finishing off, or you finished off the masters, I'm still doing it. So I have got a lot on, recently got a new job, don't start to the 1st of November, but it feels like I'm starting already. Something completely different, complete career change, new team, new area. And then I said, as I got my master's, it's all a bit intense. And then I got a three year old coming in in the mornings at like 6 30 singing Hakuna Matata to me every single morning. Not just that, I have to sing along with him. I'm Are you going to do that? Are you yeah, going to yeah. give us a show? No, no, I'm not. Come on. No, no, no come on. No. Maybe, maybe later, maybe later. What um, a wonderful phrase. <laughs> So I was just reading up on a few things, especially because, you know, Mental Health Awareness Day is just gone. And I thought it would be quite nice to just share anything that you use, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed. I I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys go through that. But for me, what really helped me is just regular check-ins, talking about absolute nothing or maybe just discussing what's the latest on trash TV. I know I phone you guys for a little you know, check-ins now and again. But what do you both do?
0: Well, to be honest, I haven't been doing a lot. i am actually been terrible at the moment because I was boxing to kind of help with my mental and physical well-being, but actually I haven't been able to do that at the moment because I honestly feel like I've got a back of an 80-year-old, maybe even older than that. Like, So that is stopping me from doing that at the minute. So I am looking for something new to do. So obviously, any tips are welcomed. But again, I think my dogs, and I always bring up my dogs, are something that help me de-stress when I'm feeling overwhelmed, especially in the middle of an extension on my house. And it is absolute chaos. Just giving them a cuddle, you know, actually really does help me, but I'm not encouraging everyone to go out and buy a dog, right?
2: Cool. So yeah, I think, Carmel, check-ins really helped me too. And, you know, I know you said talking about like, trash TV and just general things as well, but actually I think over the last few years, I think it's become a lot easier to just talk about how you're feeling and be open with people Mm. I mean this you know at work as well you know when you have the right relationship with someone but but with friends and family too I think you know there's a lot of assumptions sometimes that men are less able to express feelings or less able to open up but I think actually it's something I've got a lot better at the last few years and I found that to be really beneficial just being honest with people sometimes it can yeah, just really help how you're feeling and maybe take yourself out of difficult discussions and things like that. So I think that's been something really good for me. But I have started another new habit, which is maybe a little bit odd, but I've learned how to do a Rubik's Cube.
1: Mm. Yeah. How long so did it take you?
2: To learn how long it take me to do it.
1: To do it. How, how long can you complete the Rubik's Cube? Did I say that? Two one? minutes. <laughs> how long? A couple, couple of minutes.
0: Oh, that's good, isn't it? Two minutes.
2: Yeah. Get in there. Get in there. You need to try uh, this. Yeah I thought it was something that I always wanted to learn and then once you learn the movements and stuff now what I can do is go okay I'm going to spend a minute shuffling it up I go in like a you know I'll go out of my office and I sit down and I say right I'm going to have five minutes shuffle it up rebuild it and it just gives me a little bit of a pause and a little bit of a break and I can focus in on it and it gives me a bit of quiet time so that's something new I've been doing that's been quite helpful.
1: I'm going to add that to the list thanks Rob. I'm not gonna add that to the
0: list because that <laughs> to me actually sounds stressful i think i'd be worse off trying to do that but, but you know why really i have cool. added it you've on learnt, you know you've learned something new so that's always really good
1: you know why i've added it on i need to beat rob's two minutes now
0: <laughs> oh, yeah competition on <laughs> two minutes ish two minutes ish
1: <laughs> all right two minutes ish <laughs>
0: So as you all know, Black History Month has been a key topic over the last month. And here at Schneider Electric, we have been educating our employees by spotlighting some key figures. And those are figures that have perhaps in the past contributed to our industry or related industries, and also our societies and communities, both past and present. And you know what? I've actually learned quite a lot, to be honest, doing the research to understand these uh, people that we could spotlight and you know it's really interesting to see some of those individuals especially in the present day that are really like making waves for the black community and I'd be interested to know what you guys have learned is there anything you've learned this last month? So I've been taking on recommendations I think
2: so I really enjoy documentaries or movies that are based on real life events and actually I think that's a pretty good way that I learn, you know, because it's taking things in. And what I really like about films as well is that it gives you the wider context. And I think you can appreciate the wider situation rather than, you know, reading an article about something and things sometimes. So, you know, I've seen a few recommendations going around. So I think I'm going to be watching The Butler and Hidden Figures. Were a couple that have come up. And of course, if anyone has any other recommendations, then please send them across.
1: So I think for me, and I think it's something that we've discussed before, and just to say, you know, for this moment, it's great to celebrate Black History Month. And I think for me, it's definitely an ongoing learning thing, you know, even past mm-hmm. October and to see, like, you know, what I can do to just understand more about different cultures, different perspectives. And there is something, you know, I kind of like to go out there and just kind of see if there's any like exhibitions or anything that I can learn from. And there, my friend is an architect and um, he's actually redesigned the Africa Centre And what they wanted to do is they wanted to recreate it, it's in London, um, to celebrate Pan-African culture. So it kind of acts like a hub to celebrate Africa and it spans about five floors, like it's massive. So it's got like, you know, an art gallery, for example, a bar, but all designed, you know, from the different cultures, et cetera, that come from Africa. And they've got an incubator space for Afrocentric startups, but I'm actually going to visit it next weekend and I'm taking the family just because there's an art exhibition there. But yes, I'm just trying to implement various different things, you know, just to to carry on the learning. Yeah. Sounds very cool.
0: Yeah, that does sound cool. And I you're definitely right. If you
1: recommend it, I'll send the link.
0: Yes, please do. And you're right, it is a continuous learning with any different culture, religion, different types of diversities overall, it is continuous learning for sure. So our key topic of the day. Now I don't know about all of you, but I do feel like the word innovation is used everywhere, you know, from creating new technology to new ideas and even processes to make things easier for employees or everyday life.
1: Yeah, no, oh my gosh, so I get a lot of questions about this and it's just in discussions with people from people at work, to people outside work. and I think a lot of people and maybe it's because it's like watching Dragon's Den except. Or just, you know, reading about new up and coming startups, like they think innovation only relates to a select few, like, you know, whether you're creative or you're all about the science or a techie. But I think and I think we're going to learn about this more. I know he's going to tell us more, but I think we have a bit of it in all of us. I'd like to hope so. But this is exactly why we've brought Cameron on here today with
0: us. So Cameron is our Innovation Development Lead for UK and Ireland. And he's here with us today to really dive into this topic. Hello, Cameron. How are you today?
3: Good everyone. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's really interesting to be on here and talking about me a little bit and my role in innovation as a broader topic, as as you've just explained, Emma.
0: Fab. So welcome, welcome. It would be great actually to understand a little bit about your background. So how did you actually end up in Schneider and in the role that you're in today?
3: Yeah, sure. So I was on the Schneider Grad Scheme a couple of years ago. It feels like forever, but it was two years <laughs> ago. Um, so just over two years. So it was a year-long Grad Scheme. Really cool experience. Get to rotate around the business doing a couple of different placements. So I did a couple of completely different things. The first six months I spent in our building space. So I'm sure anyone listening, if you go in any building, it's all controlled and through the aircon and those different things. So installing systems there. And then the second placement, I worked in our strategy team, so which is more broad topics that we explore and and think about how we can change direction and things. And then from there, I moved into the role I am now, um, been in that for 14 months, so a year and a bit, and really enjoyed it. It's been really challenging. But yeah, I guess that's my sort of Schneider history till now.
0: Fab, sounds exciting. You seem to have experienced quite a lot in the short amount of time actually with us and even though it probably feels like you've been here forever.
3: <laughs> yeah I, I really have and it's, it's one of the great things about working in a big company that allows you to move is you've got the freedom to go around and, and, and try what you want which is really nice.
0: Brilliant, so let's kick off with what innovation actually even is, like how would you define it and why is it so important?
3: Yeah I think it's one of those that is a very subjective answer to each person and can mean different things to everyone so I think that's the first thing I'd say about broadly if I had to sort of put it into one sentence I would say it's the idea of doing something differently I think that would cover that word innovation in most senses and then you can break it down a little bit more so for me some of the like subsections under that doing something differently would be doing something completely new so you've never done it before it's a really sort of raw experience where You've got no idea how to do something. You're starting from zero and it's that process of really developing something new. Or on the other side of things, you've got that, how do I make something existing even better? So where is that one little change that I can make to make something 2% more efficient or 2% cheaper or whatever it is? I think they're different. And in some instances, one is harder, one's easier. But that's what i put it broadly down to as doing something a little bit differently and can sort of work into those two key topics there
2: yeah i think innovation can be a bit of a buzzword today can't it and i think people see innovation and, and i mean for me sometimes i see it and i think instantly it's this big scary machine the way it's going to be starting from scratch it's got to be a groundbreaking idea something completely new. And then I think, you know, If you say, oh, how do you feel about innovation? Do you innovate? You kind of think, oh, no, because the little changes that I make, that they, they don't count They're do in. But I think you're right, Cameron, I think it can be subjective, can't it? And there's like, you know, a spectrum of, of how to innovate almost. But I think maybe people aren't always super clear. I mean, when I looked up the meaning of innovation earlier to get a definition, it said the action or process of innovating, which yeah. wasn't super helpful. <laughs> but I think, you know, when you then look at what what is innovating, it's uh, How can you make changes to something established by introducing new methods or ideas? And actually, that's quite an easy thing to do because we all experience lots of things every day. We have ideas of how we could do things a little bit better. Like you said, maybe save that one or two percent on different things. And I think everyone is absolutely capable of being innovative.
3: Definitely. I, I completely agree. And I think on top of that, the varied in size of change being encompassed under innovation actually also just I don't believe personally that innovation actually has to cause change so you can go through this process of understanding if you can do something differently thinking that you've got a world-ending idea and actually what you're doing now is the best it can currently be and at the moment there's no change but you put yourself in that innovative mindset you've been through that process of innovation And that's led you still to an answer. So I think the process is more important than the outcome for me. Okay.
2: Interesting.
0: Okay, Rob. So you mentioned that we can all be innovative, and that is something that sometimes I question myself. And I am I innovative? I'm not so sure. But do you think it takes a particular mindset to be innovative?
3: I think it takes that willingness to want to be innovative. So whether that's being open or honest with yourself or wanting to explore something new. Actually, I think the most important thing is stepping back. And once you step back and look at what you're currently doing, I would argue that most people get that drive of going, Oh, I think maybe I could do that a little bit differently. I think I could change that there and, and introduce something new. So it definitely takes that willingness. But I would argue that if you put yourself in the situation, To do that, it will happen naturally. I think as human beings, we are inquisitive. We want to do stuff differently. We want to explore. We want to learn. So I think that's really important. I also think that in this idea of a mindset, it's also really easy to flip it back really quickly because eight out of 10 of these wacky ideas that you come up with aren't going to lead to anything. And then probably even less than that aren't going to be feasible in real life. I could think up that I want to send a rocket to Mars. It's feasibly possible, but can I achieve it? Probably not. But I'm still thinking innovatively. So actually, giving yourself the best chance to succeed is probably really important in that mindset for me.
2: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think I agree with with a lot of that as well. I think absolutely takes a mindset, but I think the requirements of that mindset aren't as high as what some people would assume to be i think people can kind of have it in their minds that it needs to be this huge conceptual groundbreaking thinking once again but actually if you just look at day to day and you take that step back you think okay well this isn't working really well like what do people think about this how could we do things a little bit differently and just try new things i think you're being innovative well you are being innovative and i think it's interesting earlier as well that cameron you mentioned about having processes around innovation and you know this feasibility thing as well. I think the other thing that people might assume is that some people are more innovative and it's a natural thing but actually you can put a structure around being innovative you know there's like a cycle to reviewing the situation trialing something measuring those results and then going back and seeing okay can you tweak it again so I've learned a bit about this process as well because I've always kind of struggled with uh, am I an innovative person do I think like that so you know I think if you look at things like the lean startup or a book called be less zombie for example those are things that are quite useful that if you're kind of new to the world of innovation it gives you a little bit more structure to say okay well how can I how can I approach this how can I challenge things a little bit differently
1: I think also the mindset is a good point because following on from what you both said I think it's having a view of what people perceive in general to be a failure and thinking of it as not as a failure as in I think if something doesn't work and it didn't go the way you thought it was going to be, it's all about, okay, well, one, what did you learn from that? Two, where can you take that now? You're constantly learning. I think if you didn't learn anything, then that's just, you know, kind of a waste of time. But there's always something that you've learned from a process or maybe, you know, a new idea that you have that maybe didn't work out and maybe changing it to something else. So I think there's something key in that. And also just the ability to adapt. Like if something doesn't make sense, you can actually go well, okay, here's some feedback. It's not what I originally thought it would be, whether it's a process, whether it's a new idea, whether it's being something new or changing something. Here's some feedback from something, accepting that feedback. And, oh, okay, let's see how I can do it differently to actually solve this problem. So just being able to adapt. And I think that's in all of us. I really like
3: that idea, Carmel. And one of the things I've learned in sort of the year in this role is this idea of failing fast. And I love it Mm -hmm. as a saying, just give something a go. And if it doesn't work, Cut it there and try something new. This idea of failing fast, this process of trying new ideas, seeing what works. And that's where you see the really successful entrepreneurs. They give something a go. If it doesn't work, they move on and they try something else. They don't stagger on mistakes. They just learn from them and move on. So yeah. failure um, like, is a really critical
1: and that's the thing, isn't it? I think a lot of companies, they have put so much money into these projects and they go on for a long, long time. But it's just like you need to know when to stop it because, OK, just cut your losses from where they're at at the moment and just being able to accept it, move on, take those learnings and, and carry on.
0: Do you think there's a big piece around having even the time to be innovative? Because you know we're all rushing around, our daily lives, work days, personal lives, everything is... a million miles an hour normally, having that time to take out, to actually engage that creative mindset, that innovative
1: mindset to innovate. Do you think sometimes that can be a bit of a struggle for individuals? So in regards to time, we don't have a lot of it. I think whoever you speak to, you know, there's always something that can be done. But I think if it's, built into us. So I've known a couple of companies, examples that you know that people have given me is one, it's into their objectives. So 5% or 10% of their time are actually inbuilt into their objectives to work on innovative projects or anything like that. And the point of that is is one, it really motivates employees, right? Two, actually, if it's in their objectives, they're really going to strive for it and look into ways of, okay, it's about, you know, improving a process or having a new idea like, you know, that is bringing something not just to them for satisfaction for themselves, but also it's bringing something to the company, too. So that's just a really good example of what people have done. I don't know if you guys have thought or heard of anything else that people have done, because I know it's a big issue.
3: I think it's one of those things that happens naturally if you're in the right culture of an organization. I'm completely with you. It's For me, it's something that shouldn't be on top of your normal workload. It should be something that your current workload encapsulates. So it's really hard to build that culture. Ultimately, I think it comes down to the team you're in and the environment to allow it. And maybe that's this idea of where we start small, as as Carmel says, you foster those one or two ideas that people are comfortable exploring and using this idea of innovative maybe coming together as a team and that just spirals up and up and you get this idea of an idea will always be listened to will always explore something you bring forward so that culture of allowing innovation then allows people to pull it into what they're already doing rather than it be this additional task on top of workload
2: I love the saying right when people say I can't see the wood from the trees Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you get so stuck in day-to-day activity and you're reactive and things, you know, without that time to be able to step back and assess, get that feedback, think about things a little bit differently. It is really difficult to be able to innovate. I mean, I agree with everything you've both said, right? Time, culture, you know, having the space to to fail, maybe a bit of incentive to do it. I think they're all things that, that are really important if you're going to be able to actually make positive change.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, we work for a large organisation and sometimes it can be difficult to get your voice heard. Is there any kind of um, advice on all employees being able to platform their voice with their? Innovative ideas that maybe are slightly larger scale than your everyday changes and making your day to day better and innovating in that space for something that is, you know, a really cool, larger idea. You know, how do you get your voice heard by those in the business?
3: I would say there's a couple of things that I try to focus on. Firstly, I think this idea that trust in the quality of ideas is earned and actually that the more you prove you're successful in bringing useful things forward, the more likely you're to get listened to naturally, right? I would say the more that process is successful, the more time you get with the people that you're trying to influence. So that's the first thing. So maybe start small, show that you can do this in a small way with something that causes a change and leads to your end goal. I would also say it's really important to have a well-rounded idea And maybe that goes against the idea of this creative, innovative thinking, but actually I think you have to be a little bit realistic and go, in such a large organization, it's important that this idea shows worth or value. So taking a step back from that utopia moment where I've got the new internet that's going to change the world or whatever it is, and actually just taking that step back going, okay, that is a good idea, but... Here's what could complement it or here's some problems that we might encounter on the way. And I can take that whole story forward to leadership or whoever it is. And that just adds some quality and some depth to your idea.
0: Okay. Thank you, Cameron. So, obviously, when we talk innovation a lot, people often think startups, you know, a lot of the time. And sort of there poses the question, how can large organizations compete against these startups with their innovative ideas and creations?
3: Interesting question and probably quite a tough one to answer but I'll give it my best (laughs) go. Um, I think the first thing I'd say is competition is something that is obviously there but exists in different ways between a, a startup and a big corporate and I'd probably take it two ways. So firstly within Schneider we have a specific fund that is based in America and is all around investing in startups and understanding them and utilizing skills that we maybe don't have at the moment or want to develop further. So that's sort of an example of how we can compete or work with startups on a bigger scale. So that's really high holistic view and and not really in the detail. Now, when you get down to the detail and say in the UK, there's a real plethora of unbelievable startups and technological developments and these sorts of things and and how do we compete or how do we work with those and i think maybe collaboration is the key word there for me so it's actually how can we collaborate with these companies and it's really challenging because ultimately very different businesses we schneider are a big corporate we have really quite rigid processes to make sure things don't really go that drastically wrong we're pretty stable we're reliable A startup can be three people that change every week what their focus is. They've got no processes. They want to move really quickly and things along those lines. So actually working with them can be really difficult because we probably have different goals. Now, that being said, we probably have the end focus of wanting to work on the same thing or work in the same field. So understanding how we can do that together is really key. What we find we can do as a corporate is offer advice or support or expertise to a startup maybe in the initial stages of a relationship and also we can offer them access to our customers so with the schneider brand becomes access to the range of customers and pre-existing things we have already going so actually we're in a really nice position where we can say talk to this person we'll work with you on it But we think you can do this maybe quicker or more efficient than we can. So it's this idea of an exploration of an idea which which really works for me.
1: And I think with someone as big as Schneider is, there's actually that cultural mindset as well. So within Schneider, we actually have an innovation division, but we also have something that we like to call the Dare to Disrupt programme. And what that does is, is that basically calls on all of its employees and it says, Hey, everyone, you know, if you've got an idea that fits in with our vision, our purpose, you know, something new, something out there, you know, that you really think we could go to market with, you know, come to us, share your ideas. And we will actually give you the opportunity to go into an incubation, which is basically turn your idea into reality through a three month program. And so this Dare to Disrupt program, I think it really capitalizes on all of its employees' ideas because as we said, like all of us can be innovative. And I was actually part of this program. So just gives you an example. I joined up from communications, I joined up with a team of four. Someone that we had was a general manager, then someone in sustainability, and then someone who had worked within the market that our idea was based in. And all four of us got together. And we work in very different parts of the business and you know, and different countries as well. And we got together, came up with an idea and we pitched it just like Dragon's Den to you know the innovation team to our board at Schneider and out of 200 applicants you know we got through to the final 3 and we were able to join this incubation process now the thing about it is is within this process you know I could talk to you more about it but I think the the outcomes of this was was that one the company believed in our idea two It kind of motivated us so badly because we were like, actually, they're giving us this great, fantastic opportunity to leave behind our day jobs for three months. Let us go and see if this idea, this pilot unit could actually work with potential customers, you know, reach out to them, create ideas, you know, get feedback on these ideas that Schneider had never done ever before. And it was that belief that they had on us. And I think that also motivates other people because off the back of that, whilst our startup idea, we didn't go through with it because for various different reasons, we actually shared our insights back with the company. So one ways of working, because it was completely different to what we had been used to in Schneider. We actually had mentors within the startup area from sharing our processes to sharing our ideas, thinking to to, even to the way new ways that we were thinking. But it was an absolute unbelievable experience. And I think quite a few large corporations do this. I think Xerox do it. They give 10 percent of their time to their employees and they also allow them to go into incubation. But I think that's an important investment into your employees. And I think it's one of the key benefits that we have within Schneider.
2: I think just to kind of summarise what we've talked about, again, I think I agree with most of this, right? So collaboration is key, you know, mutual benefits within that process, finding mutually beneficial partnerships to explore these kind of things. And in a big company, I think if you have an end goal or a defined strategy, you know, you you know where you want to get to. And then it's kind of committing to that, you know, whether it's a a product development strategy or a diversification strategy, you know, having that idea of where you want to get to and what those results are going to look like. And then it's allocating resources, isn't it? I mean, Cameron, you mentioned some startups they're three people is it difficult for a large corporation to hire three people specifically as a task force to to look at an innovative project probably not but you've got to be committed to where you want to get to right so i I think it's collaboration is key and resource is key as well
0: right that was very interesting so i think really now's the time to kind of wrap up the conversation around innovation and we always like to give advice to our audience and to our listeners and so my question to you Cameron really would be what advice would you give to somebody looking to engage their creative mindset and be innovative maybe your top three tips for example
3: oh my top three tips okay I like the idea of I'm a sort of a builder into things so I like the process of sort of improvement so my first one would be Start small. So prove your maybe a bit horrible, but prove your worth. Build those sort of layers of trust with the people that you're trying to push these ideas onto and, and show that you can do it from the first point. I would say my second point is bring more justified and well rounded solutions than you probably think would work. So most of the time, that initial idea probably needs a little bit more thinking through before it's in a position to take forward. And finally, I would say, don't do it on your own. So use those support functions, use the expertise you've got in the business. In Schneider, we've got pockets of incredibly smart people across all the different things we work in. Build a relationship with those people, understand their challenges, because actually that's where the innovation needs to happen a lot. So that's probably my my three things there, Emma.
0: Thank you.
2: Brilliant. thanks Cameron I, I mean I personally found that really interesting like I said before you know innovation is one of those big scary topics for me sometimes or has been in the past and uh, you know I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it every day so you know let's start small let's build trust let's collaborate and let's fail fast thanks so much for uh, for joining us on the the podcast to talk about that but now it's time for the GBB quiz.
1: Right. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Emma. It's my turn now. So, <laughs> is everybody ready for this quiz? Of course. Let's see. It's going yeah. to be a. T- I don't know how many questions there are, but there's quite a few. So we're going to run through them. Okay. So, who's going to keep score? Anyone? Any takers? I will keep score. Okay. Okay. No cheating, Rob. All right. Oh, my God. You okay. let Rob keep score? <laughs> Damn it. Right. So today's quiz. Number one. Which of the following foods is not native to Jamaica? Okay. One, butter chicken. Two, jerk chicken. Three, ackee and soulfish. One. Butter chicken.
3: I'm going one as well, Yeah.
1: Okay, you're absolutely right. But there is a technicality because the dish ackee and saltfish was actually originated in Jamaica. However, uh, ackee actually comes from Ghana and saltfish actually originates in Northern Europe. Okay. And East Canada, by the way. Just
2: so That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, can you, this is number two, Can you name one of the three women? Cameron, just in case you don't know, we can't Google or anything just for future questions. But I'm sure you know all the answers anyway. It's just because Rob has cheated before. Can you name one of the three women who worked on the NASA team which saw John Glenn orbit into space?
2: No, I cannot, Carmel. I told you it's on my watch list earlier.
1: (laughs) Is one Annie Easley? No, it is not. No, no. But I'll give you the three names. Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan, and Mary Jackson. So that's Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan, and Mary Jackson. Oh, okay. And you can research them a bit later if you have a free, you know, bit of time. Okay. Right. Number three. Who was the first black football player to captain the England team? Are you going to give us multiple choice? Come on. Oh, yeah, of course I am. Sorry, I missed that bit out. <laughs> Paul Ince, John Barnes, or Viv Anderson?
3: So I thought John Barnes initially, so I'm going to stick with John Barnes, but I think it's probably not right.
0: I don't have I'll, a clue. I'll
3: go with Paul Ince.
0: I'm just going to go with the number three because that's one of my favourite numbers. I don't know who that is. I <laughs> chose Viv,
1: Viv Anderson. Viv. The correct answer is Paul Ince. Yes. Okay, ah. Paul Ince, yes. ex Works right. player. Thank you. Mary Seacole set up the British Hotel to look after soldiers injured in which war? World War One, the Crimean War, World War Two or the Falkland War? World
0: War One. Okay,
2: World Three, War Two. Crimean war. I'll, I'll go for C, I have no idea.
1: World War II, that was by the way. Mary was a British Jamaican nurse and businesswoman who basically set up the British Hotel behind the lines during the Crimean War. She described the hotel as a mess table and comfortable quarters, basically for sick officers. And she provided service to them to help, you know, for wounded servicemen on the battlefield. And she nursed many of them back to health. Who got that one right? No one. I don't
3: think anyone did, Rob.
1: This is question number four. When was Black History Month launched in the UK? 1987, 1993 or 1997? 1987. Anyone else?
3: Well, now I'm
2: going to say 1987 (laughs) because Emma seems so
3: confident. (laughs) Cameron? Option one. I can't remember what the exact date was. but
1: 1987. You need to play it really well, Emma. You need to be like, oh, Sorry. Maybe, maybe. You should let me go first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer is 1987. Thank you, Emma. (laughs) This is the final question of the quiz, okay? Which song does my song... Does my song... (laughs) <laughs> Akuna matata <laughs> yeah <laughs> which song does my son wake me up in the morning with matata. <laughs> yes very good very good there's Do we get double points if someone sings it can i finish for bonus points yeah can you sing a line from the song i'll go one by one emma Akuna matata what a wonderful phrase You can't copy each other, so next one. For the rest of my days. I'm on camera.
3: (laughs) Means no worries. I don't know the rest of it. I think Rob wasn't technically right with the lyrics.
1: Probably not. Yeah, Rob, yours wasn't the (laughs) one that goes after mine.
0: You just tried to say problem
1: free philosophy. (laughs) Okay. So um Cameron you kind of bailed out on that one okay you kind of bailed (laughs) out I threw him off he wasn't Rob wasn't the right words so plus two bonus points for Emma please
2: plus two yes
1: yeah and that is it that has come to the end of our amazing quiz Rob can you tally up the points please and let us know who the winner was
2: who do you think it was who is it always Yes! It was Emma! <laughs> yes, yes, yes! Sad times! Woo-hoo! Sad times. Oh
1: man. <laughs> who, who came second? Who was second place?
2: Uh, we'll call it a tie.
0: Is that, does that mean you're off? <laughs> you were last?
2: No, I, I was second, was being nice to our guests.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: I, I expected nice. to finish last in general I, knowledge. I feel
2: bad <laughs> I that I threw a, you off of the Hakuna metastasis. Yeah, so. Don't
3: worry.
1: <laughs> right, well, it's that time. So I just wanted to take this time to say thank you, Cameron. That was, I learned quite a bit today. So thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Rob and M. Look forward to the next episode. And for everyone else, if you have any questions, feedback, or want to suggest some topics for the next episode, then please send them to thegbb at se.com.
0: And you can find us on blog.se.com, Spotify, Apple, and your favourite podcast library.
2: Please don't forget to share, like, and subscribe, and we'll catch you next month.
0: The content of this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information, statements, views, and opinions belong to our hosts and should not be construed as advice by Schneider Electric.